today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Together we worship our great and glorious King. Together we minister to the needs and to the weaknesses of each other through the gifts and for the profit of all. The Word tells us that as was His custom, He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And if Jesus made it His custom to gather together with the people of God on a regular basis to worship and to be in the teaching of the Word of God, why are you here? As a kid, did you ever play copycat? Maybe you have watched a little sibling follow their older brother or sister around. Whatever the case, do you ever think about why you did this or why others do it? To follow someone else around, to try and be like them. Today, Pastor David will teach that you should follow Jesus. You should copycat him. You should study him. Learn all that you can about him and be like him. In fact, the Bible says that he is our example. So. Let me ask, are you doing what Jesus did? Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message entitled, Why Are You Here? said earlier, some of you probably shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here this morning. At least you ought to have different reasons for being here if you are here. Thanks to the input of a, a blog that I read this week, a fellow by the name of David Fitch, it got my head spinning with this whole idea, particularly when I came to that verse that says, as his custom was... He went into the synagogue. Now, you need to understand, the, the custom isn't a habit. There's things that each one of us do by, by habit, okay? Just what we do by habit. That's not what we're speaking about here. What we're speaking about here is, no, this, this, is, this is my custom of things. This is what I do. There, there, there's much more of a passion, much more of a directed consideration when it is a custom of things of why I do this. Why? Because, man, that's just what I do. That is just what I do, not out of habit, not out of constraint, but it's because of what I do. I want to give you some reasons, first of all, of why you shouldn't go to church, okay? Why you shouldn't go to church. First of all, the first reason is we don't go to church, gang. We are the church. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are the church, this is just a building, and it doesn't really matter what kind of a building it is. It could be a warehouse, it could be a schoolroom, it could be a, a, a glass-lined cathedral. It really doesn't matter the building. The fact is, is that you are the church. So don't go to church. Be the church. The second reason, too many people, quote-unquote, go to church because they're going out of obligation or out of some duty. 
They feel that they owe it to someone. Either they owe it to God or they owe it to their spouse or they owe it to a friend or someone else. And, and again, to have a regular spiritual discipline to come together, that's a good thing. But whenever it becomes duty to come, and you spell that D-R-A-G. In other words, whenever it becomes a drag, then something's wrong and something needs to change. And more than likely, it's a heart change that needs to take place. The third thing, if you come together for that feel-good feeling, you may just still be just going to church, and you ought to stop it. If the gathering of the saints is about your feel-good feeling, then you have a very self-centered reason for being here. You, 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 you'll more than likely, because of that self-centered reason, because you come to church to feel good, then you're going to be highly disappointed a multiple of times. On many occasions, that feel-good feeling is going to make you feel bad by coming to church. You've fallen into the lie, one that I shared with you just last week, the lie that's kind of going around within much of the body of Christ, that God wants you to feel happy because that's what makes him feel happy. No, it's not. In many cases, God doesn't want you to feel happy. He wants you to feel converted. He wants you to feel changed. Maybe he wants you to feel under deep conviction this morning. Maybe he doesn't want you to feel happy at all. Have you ever thought about that? Because it's not about you and I. It's about him. It's about him. Your attendance at, at gatherings, if, if feeling good is, is what your focus is, when you come together, then, then that becomes actually more of an addiction rather than a passion. It's all, it's, it's all about how the ministry ministers to you and not about how you yourself can pour your life into and become a part of the body of Christ, the local body of Christ. Don't come to church if it's about a feel-good feeling. Number four. Number four comes from, it's probably actually still part of number three here. Some people are still going to church because they enjoy the performance, okay? Because they enjoy the performance. And I don't care if it's the speaker who's speaking or the worship team that's, that's leading worship or whatever it is, just fill in the blank. If you're going to church because you enjoy the performance, you need to stop going to church or change your heart and change your attitude. Because if you don't stop, you're soon going to be among the ones who are the mumblers and the complainers. You, you come together as the church. Remember, it's not about performance. And you need to understand that there are going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. Oh, they didn't sing the songs that I like or they didn't sing the songs that I do like the way that I want them sung. Or he doesn't preach the way that he used to. Or he doesn't preach like so and so. And you can fill in the so and so. Any of those things, they, they might be true. Maybe the song's not the song that you like. Maybe it's not sung the way you like it. Maybe the one who's speaking isn't the one that you like. Or maybe what he's saying isn't what you like. But gang, it's not about you. It's not about you. If that's the reason you're here, you need to stop going to church. And you need to change your heart and your reasoning. So with those four reasons of why not to go, let me give you five reasons why you should regularly and consistently 
come together as the local body of believers who share together in heart, mission, and doctrine. Coming together as the church. Not going to church, but coming together as the church. But before I go any further, let me throw out a few disclaimers here, okay? There's always got to be a couple of disclaimers, just in case. Every pastor has bad days, okay? Yes, I have bad days. There's been times when I leave this pulpit, and you can ask my wife, that it's just kind of like, okay, I quit, I'm going home, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get a job at Walmart. It, it, did not, it did not hit this week, so we have bad days, Understand that. Whoever it is that's speaking, they can have bad days. Every worship leader is off at times. They might be off-key, off-tempo. They might, man, where in the world did they pull that song from? Every one of them at times, it's going to happen. And you know what? Every body of believers has problems, and every body within that body has problems. Anybody in here this morning that don't have issues in your life? Anybody at all? Okay, because I was going to pray about the issue that you have of honesty, but uh, uh, every, every one of us have issues in life. And you know what? When we come into these doors and we gather together and there's you know, however many of us that there are, that's a whole lot of problems coming all together. And we come together, not for us, but we come for Him. And that's why, again, the focus can't be on us. Even on our best days, the leadership and the ministry messes up. When you look at the body of believers, all of us together, sometimes even your friends, your brothers, your sisters in Christ, they're going to hurt your feelings. They're going to say or they're going to do things that they shouldn't have done. Or they're going to neglect to do the things that they should have done. Sometimes the body just simply messes up and we miss the opportunity to bring healing and to bring encouragement to each other. Those things will happen. And if you don't understand that, then you're going to be sorely disappointed sometime when you walk into to, to the fellowship, walk into the gathering together, and suddenly it doesn't go your way. And you're going to feel, man, I don't like this place. I don't like these people anymore. And suddenly you're gone. But even with all of those things, all of those things added together, that doesn't invalidate the practice and the purpose of the local body of believers and the need to continue coming together on a regular and consistent and a faithful basis. Now, I gave you four reasons not to go to church. So let me give you five reasons why you should faithfully and consistently regularly be coming together as a local body. Number one, it's the example that's given to us, okay? It was the example given by Jesus, by the apostles, by the early church. We see it in, in Jesus' life, again, as was his custom. But even beyond just this passage in Luke, we see it all through the gospel recordings. We see it in the model of the apostles. We find that they met on the first day of the week. They would come together. 
It was the instruction that was given to the church body. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, we read that we should not be forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but we need to be exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. In these days, as dark and as bleak as many things out in the world that we see, that means we ought to be coming together even more. Why? Because we need more encouragement. We need more strength. We need to be challenged. We need to be equipped and empowered to come together. Why do we come together as the body of Christ? Because it's the example that's been given to us. Number two, you need to realize that you are part of a greater whole. You're part of a greater whole. And it's only as we come together as the body of Christ that we can work and that we can move and serve as the body. Paul says we are gifted in various areas in order that we might be a blessing to others. He says, for the profit of all. And if you're not regularly active within a local body of believers, here comes a hard question. What good are you? You know, it breaks my heart. A multiple of believers who claim Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and yet they don't fellowship anywhere. Sunday mornings come, they stay at home. Why? Uh, it's just more convenient, or this comes up, and that comes up, and then some of us know the routine. Once, once you get out of that routine, it's easy to stay out of that routine. But God hasn't called us to be there. He's called us to be together. You know, if somebody leaves this church, and they go to another church, that 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 hurts my heart. But if they're going someplace, if they're getting fed the Word of God, I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. But it's when they go, and they and I find out later that and they're not going anywhere. What good are you to the body of Christ? Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, 16, he says, the whole body joined and knitted together by what every, catch that, what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Every part, every joint, joining together. He says a little bit later in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, there should be no schisms in the body. A schism is a divisions. It's a, what you might call a, a, a click. I hate clicks, okay? I hate them. I hate them. But you know what? I know that there are friends within the body. You know, these three or four couples, they hang out together, they do, and that's cool, that's fine. But then are you exclusive? And are you Again, shutting the door for the, again, the, the ministry and the connection with other people. There should not be schisms. That's one of the reasons why I, I've been pushing this thing the last several weeks, the last few weeks, about at least knowing names. And in knowing names, you then open the door to get to know the people in order that we might be part of that greater whole. There should be no schisms in the body, but that members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, then all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and yet you're members individually. That's what Paul tells us, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You are part of a greater whole. The third reason you ought to be faithful in coming together on a regular, consistent, and faithful basis God inhabits the praises of his people. We come together for corporate worship and prayer. 
We, we come to lift our praise and our worship together to the one who is our king, who is our redeemer, the one who is our provider. Just as the psalmist declared, as David tells us in Psalm 35, verse 18, he says, I, in speaking to God, he says, I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. Hey, it's great to have a prayer closet. It's great to get alone with the Lord, but you know what? That can't be your only way. The Word of God, again, Old Testament and New, speaks of the people of God coming together to give honor and praise and glory to Him. We need to be that kind of people. Again, in Psalm 111, verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in what? The congregation within the congregation. That's why we don't come together to sing songs. No, we come together to praise the Lord with a whole heart. That's why we come together. The fourth reason we come together. We need that systematic teaching and exhortation in the Word of God. We gather together on a regular basis to be taught and to be equipped through the faithful and consistent teaching and preaching of the Word of God. That's one reason why you might want to leave a fellowship of believers, if you're not being taught faithfully and consistently the Word of God. If it's this latest phase, this latest craze, this latest maze, then just give it up. Find some place that's teaching the Word, that keeps you in the Word and again, David in the Psalms speaks about the fact that the assembly of the believers together is a time to hear who and what the Lord has done. In Psalms 40, he says, I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord. You yourselves know I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. It is wonderful. It is necessary and needful for you and I to know the faithfulness and the greatness and the mercy of God. But if we keep it only to ourselves, then we're doing wrong. That's why we come together to proclaim that, to declare that within the great assembly. In the pages of the New Testament, we understand that the church came together to learn doctrine. Doctrine. Now, that's not a New Testament four-letter word, folks. Doctrine is good. Doctrine simply means teaching. And it's the apostles' teaching, teachings from the Word of God. We read in the book of Acts how the church continually and steadfastly came together under the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And as the church comes together, the gifts given to the church were for the edification of the entire church body to prepare the body for the work of ministry. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, and he, speaking of the Lord, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the equipping of the saints, that's y'all, for the equipping, that's all y'all, okay? That's a good southern term to include everybody and all us to include. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And you might say, well, now, wait a minute. That, that's why we pay the pastors to do the work of the ministry. No, it's not. We're here to be able to equip 
you to be able to do the work of ministry because you are part of that greater whole. We come together to be equipped, to be challenged. We are equipped for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or for the lifting up of the whole of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's why we come together, to learn from the Word together. And because the gifts that you and I have work together. Lastly, number five. This is number five on my list, but you need to know. I could have added a whole lot more, but you don't have the time this morning. So we'll just look at number five here. Number five, we come together as the body of Christ to promote the gospel message, to promote the gospel message. As the church, we're called by God. We are commanded by Christ to make disciples. And the first part of that is through evangelism, the sharing of the good news of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. This should happen as we gather together, but also as we disperse from this place, as we leave this place, evangelism should happen. Oh, you have an evangelism team? Is it where, when do they meet? Where do they go? You are the evangelism team. You, as people see your life, as they hear of your life, you are the evangelism team. Oh, I don't like talking to anybody about anything. Do you know who Christ is? Do you know that you're saved? Do you know that it's not of yourselves, but it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast? If you know the simplicity of that, welcome to the team. Welcome to the team. Can you share just that simplicity with someone? We come together to equip and to empower. And there's other ways of promoting the gospel message. Part of that even is through the corporate collection of, of tithes and offerings. Maybe you're visiting this morning and said, I knew he was going to get around to money. Never been to a church that didn't get around to money. Well, hey, the fact is, is we come together corporately. The tithes and offerings that we they go for both the ongoing work of this local ministry for the equipping of the saints, for the working of the ministry, but also in the outreach of various missionary works that we support. Another way of promoting the gospel message is, again, through the witnessing of our lives, as I said earlier, witnessing of our lives to a lost and dying world. Every area of your life is sacred. I touched on this a couple of weeks ago. Every area of your life is sacred. There's not secular work and sacred work for the believer. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, moms, believe it or not, when you change that dirty diaper, that is a sacred duty. You've got to be kidding. It is. The care, concern over those children, absolutely, that's a sacred duty. You drive in a truck, that's a sacred duty. You drive in nails, that's a sacred duty if you're a believer. How you do that work, the attitude in which you do it, in all that your hands find to do, do it as unto the Lord. When we live our lives that way, we are a living testimony of the truth of the gospel and the reality of Jesus Christ to the world that's around us. When we come together as the body of Christ, we're encouraged, we're challenged, we're corrected, we're instructed. Together we worship our great and glorious King. Together we minister to the needs and to the weaknesses of each other through the gifts and for the profit of all. 
The word tells us that as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And if Jesus made it his custom to gather together with the people of God on a regular basis to worship and to be in the teaching of the word of God, why are you here? Why are you here? Do you just go to church or are you a true active participant in the body of Christ? Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. David will continue teaching through the Gospel of Luke next time. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to The Open Word podcast at theopenword.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to theopenword.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to theopenword.com. Now here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that The Open Word is a missionary work? It is. We need your support as we share God's Word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word. Go to theopenword.com and click on the support option in the main menu. We invite you to join us again for the next study as David shares insights with us from the Gospel of Luke. That's next time on The Open Word.